I'm Brent Musburger. This is your home for the Brian Hanks Show and the VSIN Sports Network. <laughs> Bet on the Bull, WRNF's Kinston. Welcome to Hour 2 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. Today is Thursday, December the 21st in the year of the Lord 2023. Have you guys got, you got your Christmas shopping done yet, Nick Nick? Not at all. I got to drive to Greensboro tomorrow. Really? Tonight, yeah. You got you got to do Christmas shopping in Greensboro? I do. Uh, Four Seasons Mall. Oh, the there you deals. go. I like Four Seasons Mall. You got to remember, I'm a Northwestern North Carolina guy, so I'm, right. so I'm familiar with that. Wait a minute. So you bypass South Point to go to Four Seasons? I, I live at South Point, basically. You know? Hey, uh, Tio, pull your pull your mic just a little bit. Yeah, I live at South Point. You know, ten minutes from. My dorm, so yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So he wants that's where Kellen makes me go all the time because she, when she was at Carolina, she always went to South Point. So if we go shopping, I have to go. It's brutal. So nobody's a Crabtree fan. Fan. I like Crabtree. I, it's hard to get in and out of. I'm not a big fan of getting in and out of. Isn't there. it though? I mean, it's literally 15 minutes getting in there and finding a parking spot, and then 15 minutes getting out. But uh, Four Seasons isn't that bad though. Yeah. I'm you ever go to Haynes Mall and? Uh, Winston. Yeah, dude, that's when I, when I was in high school, man. That's where we would drive down to Haynes Mall. We used to do this thing called cruising. Okay, I don't know if you're familiar with that <laughs> or not. You like how I join the air quotes cruising? Y'all did it here, at Vernon Park Mall, right? Or uh, not? I mean, Fairfield. That was Fairfield. a long time. Come on, Brian, I'm not that old. Oh. They cut cruising out at Fairfield like in the in the mid '80s. Oh. Yeah, they shut it down. Cru- they, that's when I cruise was in they, the mid '80s. Okay. That's what I'm saying. That's like how long it was. <laughs> But that's what I'm saying. I mean, they shut it down. Yeah. You couldn't cruise Fairfield. Oh, okay. So the loot was, it started at Burger King, went around the mall, down to MedSource, turn around and come back. <laughs> your dad. You've heard did. those stories. I was about to say, you know your dad did that. In that, uh, what, 1995 Black Bronco? <laughs> OJ's did he have OJ's Bronco? He had a black one. Yeah. <laughs> had a black one. That's <laughs> awesome, man. That is awesome, man. Uh, if you like, I said, if you missed our first hour, you missed a really good first hour. Uh, Jason, Brian, and I just cutting it up, and just talking about everything. But man, we are so honored here in our second hour to have one of the great, and I think you will agree with me when I say this, Jason, one of the great student athletes uh, yes. joining us. Not just a great athlete, which he was. But also, uh, all of that doesn't matter to me. He's a great human being. Yeah, he is. That's what matters to me. Absolutely. I got to tell you, uh, we were, I was previewing you coming on the show here. It was either yesterday or day before yesterday. I can't even remember. I'm, I'm old and I can't remember stuff, but I do remember it. There was a period of time when I was at Kenston high school, you know, doing the PA and all that stuff, but just getting to watch you grow up. This is not an exaggeration. I'm not just saying this because I said this behind your back. I'm not just saying, <laughs> but you. It seemed like every time I saw you, you were an inch taller than the last. The, than the, that's not an exaggeration. I do remember between I don't even remember. Good Lord, what ten years ago? Maybe nine or ten years ago. Uh, it was like I saw you at a football game, and you've always been so polite. You're just such a great kid, dude. <laughs> Thank you. And saw you at a football game, and then it was like three or four weeks before I saw you at the next basketball game. And you had literally grown, and even your dad told me, you had grown like an inch, inch and a half, like in a two-month period, dude. Man, that's when we had you on the floor. We need to get you back down on the floor beside <laughs> the bench, man. Yeah, we, I miss being down there. We're working on it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you have just, you've had a front row seat. And I've got, we're, we're just going to pepper you with questions for the yeah. next 30 minutes. I hope you don't mind. But uh, the, the, the neat thing about it, you have had a front row seat for some of the greatest moments in Kenton High School history. I mean, from the football team making it to two state championships in 11 and 15, 
to the basketball team winning six state championships in eight years to NBA players coming through here, Major League Baseball players coming through here, NFL players coming through here. What has it been like for you? I mean, as a young man growing up here in Kenston and seeing your heroes as you were growing up making it to the highest highest levels in in athletics, what what has it been like for you? Man, I like to say I had a lot of great role models. You know, Kenston gets a bad rap sometimes, but, you know, I wouldn't have wanted to grow up anywhere else, you know, seeing the Brandon Ingrams, the Reggie Bullocks, the Quentin Copels come through here, you know. They made this path for me, and, you know, it has led me to where I am now. So very appreciative. I know my dad sent me a picture yesterday sitting behind Brandon. and uh, I saw that. Yeah, Jared at the state championship in 2014, I believe. So, you know, just seeing Jerry that. was sitting back there he with you was, too. yes. Yeah. So um, just, just to look at. What I had to go off of, you know, Brandon was an amazing human being. Quentin, amazing human being. Not even the way they played sports, just the way they treated people and the way they carried themselves with the humility. Um, you know, I had some great role models. So. Yeah, I figured we'll just go back yeah, and forth I mean, here, Jason. Go ahead. I mean, my kids have – what Connor's 11 now, so for 11 years. And I always tell the story, Nick, that um, Connor was – I mean, he was young – I don't even know if Avery was born yet, but him and him and Ollie, that was the year that, that the football team was undefeated and went to the state championship game. 15, 2015. And, I mean, they never saw him lose a basketball game. Yeah. I mean, they won state championships. I mean, might lose one a year, but it was usually on the road, which the kids didn't go to the road games. So we're at the, uh, the basketball or, or the football state championship, and Connor – and Ollie just cried like babies. I'm talking about <laughs> until we got back on 40. Yeah. And they just couldn't understand. They'd never seen it. So, it, but, I mean, think about, like, that whole run. I mean, it just made a difference. And uh, 2015, we were – did you go to hoop all with us? No. Uh, to Massachusetts? I went with Reggie. I didn't go with okay. uh, with Brandon, but I went with Reggie. To so, we ball. went with – to that, I mean, Connor was. Three. I want to hear this story. I want to Con- hear this story. Connor was three years old. Nick, you're what now? I'm 19. Just turned 19. 19. So he's, yeah. So, so 2015. I mean, you're talking about eight years ago. So you're what? 11. 11. So you were Connor's age now. Yeah. God, that's crazy. That makes me feel old, Brian. <laughs> makes me feel old. From two, from Brandon's senior year till, till now. That's what, what like that's Connor's getting ready to yeah. go through that. Yeah. So, I mean, we're there, and we're, I, I mean, it's pretty cold, wasn't it? I don't know if you remember, but it was like 10 degrees. And Coach Diesel's out there in shorts. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what I remember about Ge- that trip. Diesel <laughs> in his shorts. But uh, it's just wild in, in, in the player hotel where, which we were at. And, there, and I'm in my room, and, man, there's, like, kids running up and down the hall. Beating Our on, kids? No, just, okay. just kids beating on doors. And I walk out, and I'm like – full of it and i'm like hey you know what's going on here and i look and i see this little this little head stick out and he's looking around i'm like that's nick nick so i walked down there i'm like you all right he's in the shower scared to death <laughs> somebody just beating on the door you know yeah. what i'm saying i was like yeah. put some clothes on to come down here with us till your daddy gets back out here yeah so nick Man. Oh, that's awesome! I you weren't scared though, right? Eleven year old me, <laughs> eleven year old. He me. was because they would they would just boom, 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 yeah. boom, and then they <clears throat> and then they run. And he's in the shower by himself. I think I think Nick was downstairs, 
I think Nick and Kellen and everybody was yeah, downstairs. That was my first flight. And it was just me and Connor. Yeah. So, I mean, Nick, Nick came in the room, hung out with Connor. He was great. I mean, that's the thing, not only about him, but all of those kids. And I told somebody um, the other day, that's what Kenston High means to me. I'm a North North grad. Yeah. But Kenston High means to me that they – they love my family. Not everybody loves my wife. A lot of kids don't like her, but <laughs> a lot do, right? That's right. So, um, but they they have helped me raise my kids. Yeah, all of them are great with our kids. You know, it, even Brandon in the hallway. Connor's a three year old. Every every time before his game, I had Connor programmed, fist bump him, and uh, say go Duke. And yeah. Brandon would just laugh, <laughs> and he'd go on the court. Every, I'm talking about yeah. before every single game. Yeah. And then Brandon came back last year and got to spend some time with uh with Connor back back and he took off his 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 watch and gave it to Connor to put on and I said, Are you stupid? Like that's what I said to Brandon. Like this thing I don't know the if y'all saw it worth more than my house. Yeah. I, well, I don't know if y'all saw it or not, but it's like like there, there's not a square centimeter that you can put another diamond on this thing. And But that's what I said. Yeah. I guarantee you, I saw it. I saw it. That watch is worth more than my house. He let me drive the Rolls Royce to my eighth grade social. No, he did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> but just how generous he is. Like, that's what I'm saying. He, wow. he let me drive his brand new Rolls Royce to my eighth grade social. But he, uh, Connor but you got a lot of looks in that. Didn't I you? did. Yeah. Con- Connor wanted to see that watch. So I, yeah. so I just looked. I said, go ask him. And I'm expecting Brandon to roll, yeah, roll, roll his sleeve up. Yeah. And he's like, in my exact words, <laughs> my, my exact words was I looked right at Brandon. And I said, "Are you stupid?" <laughs> but he handed it to Connor. Connor's hands go <laughs> like, like it was just heavy. Wow, like he it probably was. Yeah, but I mean that. Yeah, oh, I, we're so lucky, man. I mean, look around in here. I mean, that's why I would. In Derek Rivers, I mean, right over right. your shoulder. There. Oh, you're talking about a, a great Glenn one, and Reggie yeah. and Brandon and Jerry. I mean, Jerry had a big impact in your life too, didn't he? He did um, growing up, just being around my dad, just another yep. great role model. And um, I can't like I can't go without saying Quentin Copeland's like he was in yeah. my life since. Hey, by the way, yep. that's a game use. Wow, that's a game against the uh, New England Patriots, his second year in the league, dude. If you pull pull it down, I want him to see this. I want him to, see it. dude. It's got the red paint from uh, it was in Gillette. New England, yeah, from Gillette Stadium. <sighs> wow, man, how about that? This is crazy. <laughs> and he's supposed to sign it for me the next time he comes in town. But so, since, uh, I, since I was born, you know, Quinn's yeah. been at my house. Even yeah. now, he's such a resource for me with me being in Chapel Hill. I know anytime I text him up, you know, he'll give me a response. So yeah. just great role models overall. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Well, again, dude, we're 10 minutes in. We've got so many questions for you. And I want to start this whole Mac Brown, Dave Doran thing, man. <laughs> I mean, you have. Played for Mac. I mean, no, you've been, you know. Hey, ask the real question before you even get into it. Are there, thing, are there things that are said? Go ahead. You ask him. Are there He's things, sitting right here. Nick, <laughs> Nick, no specifics. I'm not asking you for a quote. This is a serious question. And it doesn't even have to be about Carolina. It can be about the Kenston High Locker Room. Are there not things that are said with amongst the guys and coaches staff that people don't want other people outside the program hearing? Definitely. Absolutely Everywhere. there is. It's no different. Wait a minute. Diesel would say things <laughs> to get you guys fired up about yeah, stuff? Yeah, say, he'd say, Brian Hanks says South Lenore's going to beat y'all. Did you hear about that this year? Every, yes. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. But, yeah, there are things. You get to motivate your team. He, yeah. He, he might kill me for telling this story. But, now, who? Because um, Diesel. Okay, oh, yeah. good. All right. Yeah, he might get me for telling this one. But um, 
No, my, you're past the statute of limitations. <laughs> yeah, you are. You're <laughs> two years removed. My senior year, him and all three of the Bowie brothers destroyed our home locker room, spray painted it, <laughs> go Hawks, green and black, just broke the lock so it looked like they broke in. Yeah. And we come into school that Friday morning like, What's going on? <laughs> Man, when I tell you we went into that game with so much extra motivation, like that's all you we really needed. thought North Lenore had broken into we did, your locker room. Yes. Yeah. But uh come to find out he told us a few weeks later because it, we were about to get a whole investigation going. It got bad. <laughs> so Okay, uh, I remember Nick that Harvey Seniors pulling strings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember that in the moment yeah. and hearing the story of North Lenore breaking in and I didn't do anything with yeah. it, obviously, but uh, yeah. what a great way. But, I mean, that's but the did, point. But did it, okay, no, let me, I didn't mean to interrupt you. There. Did it motivate you? It did. Yeah. You know, and we went out there and whooped North talk, and North. Yeah. Did you talk crap to him? About? Sure did. Every time I play North and North. <laughs> North and North grad over here. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so specifically the Mac Brown and Dave Doran thing. As a Carolina guy, as a Carolina football player, does it upset you that Dave Doran – called you and a bunch of other uh, Tar Heels pieces of crap, and he didn't use the word crap. Does that bother you? No, and I'm, I'm going to tell you why. I'll Go ahead. Because, like like he said, those are things that you say in your locker room to get your guys fired up. Because I promise you there are 20 to 30 players on that Chapel Hill team that he wishes he could have in Raleigh. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. So, You're right. You know, it's just some it's, it's, um, bulletin board material. Yeah. You know, you have to take it as such. Yeah. I just, I mean, I think it's I part of the it. game. No, that's honesty. That's complete honesty. It, the stupid thing in that whole situation was Dave Dorn should have looked around. Okay, I'm Dave Dorn, and he looks over here, and there's a TV camera right there, and somebody holding the camera. He should have he should have watched his mouth. Right. He, you don't say that. You can say, hey, we, we, beat, we beat those guys, you know, something like that. You don't right. call kids. And, and sorry, Jason, I consider you a kid. You're 19, right, okay? Yeah. You don't call a kid a piece of crap, man. You just don't. And they even use another word. You don't. No. Jason, you don't. That is my thing with Dave Dorn in this whole mess. Yeah, you know what? You fire your guys up. You break into your own locker okay. room. Paint stuff on okay, the wall hold or whatever. On. But you don't call a child. Hold on. You don't call a child a piece of crap. Now, that's my problem with it, Nick Nick. Okay? Yeah. I'm with you, you know, um, Nick. Nick, how many, <laughs> how many coordinators in Chapel Hill when they're firing up the uh, – the kids in the locker room, you're about to run on the field and say, let's go beat them MFers. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my what, point of view. What's you know? the difference? Yeah. What's the difference in a piece of crap and an MFer? <laughs> it's the same thing, man. I think my point of view is worse has been said with less reaction. Yeah. yeah. So, and Good point. That's, see, no. spoken like an intelligent human being. More, 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 has been, yeah. more has been said with less interaction. Yeah. So. I think the camera made all the difference. It did. You now, know, that's something you keep in the locker room. You keep now, between you and your. Now guys. I will give it to you. Was he aware of the camera? That's debatable. I don't know if he even knew it was in there or not. But I don't he, either. but if he did, then yes, he has a responsibility. Yeah, right. That's where I draw the line. That's about all I'll say about it. But well, I asked uh, Jason this earlier. I want to ask you. You think he's going to be allowing cameras in his locker room? No, uh, never for- again. <laughs> Unless it's like a student manager. I know student managers will. Well, no, even some. even when we were in Chapel Hill after the game, Coach Brown would have a period where, okay, all cameras off, and he would give his post, post-game post scrum and say what he needed to say. Wow. And then if cameras wanted to come back on to record a celebration or whatever, yeah. then that's fine. But he made it known that I want no cameras on right now. So. Well, how tough was the decision for you? And uh, we've got uh, Nick Nick Harvey. We've got Nicholas Harvey the third here with us, a sophomore at Carolina. 
uh, played football for the Tar Heels last year. And and I understand the decision. Right. It broke my heart because you do know I wanted to do an NIL with you this year, dude. I did, that was yeah. I talked to your your pops about that. And that's the Brian Hank show was going to mm-hmm. do an NIL with him as a, a Carolina football player. But how just lead us through that decision process. I mean, you played a whole season. You worked your butt off last year did, to I get did. yourself in a good position to be a part. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because as a freshman and as a young freshman, dude, you just turned 19. I did. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He was a freshman, an 18-year-old freshman at Carolina. You worked in the offseason. You worked your tail off as hard as you did. I talked to your dad all the time. I know I have an idea of how hard you worked, dude. Right. To give all that up, just take us through that decision process from start to finish. You know, first, um, when you get to that level, it becomes a business. Yeah. And, you know, personally for me, I'm no no hate to Carolina. I love that university. I love the football program. But once it becomes a business, it kind of takes away, you know, what I love about the game. It takes away a little bit of the relationships, you know, the camaraderie, especially with everyone transferring after every season, yeah. you know. So it took the parts of the game I love the most away and then just it's, it's a job, you know. We're 10, 12-hour days every yeah. single day with no break. I didn't come home for Thanksgiving. I didn't come home for Christmas, mm. you know, along with school and just wanting to spend more time with families. So it was a tough decision. You know, that was my lifelong dream to go play football at University of Carolina. I know. Well, your lifelong dream could could have happened in a different world where the um, transfer portal has not ruined college or right. college athletics, honestly. Because back, I mean, just not so far in the distant past, I mean, there was four-year players. Right. You knew the players. You knew – I mean, you don't know any players. Five, or even five-year where yeah, you read Yeah, but you yeah. get what I'm saying. I'm just right. I'm just building on your point. I can I can totally see that. You know, it becomes a business. College, I, college, college sports are not supposed to be a business. They're supposed yeah. to be a business side of it, but it's not supposed to bleed on – down to the kids into the on-field product, and it is strictly business. Anytime you introduce money into the equation, that's what it's going to become. You know, yeah. you're paying kids hundreds of thousands of dollars. Drake May, Drake May is making more than than NFL quarterbacks on the rookie pay scale. That is crazy. That and is if insane. I was him, if I was him, and he wanted to do something else, I would go to a different school and make more money. Do you have another year of eligibility? Yeah. He does. He does. I didn't know. I didn't know that. Yeah, but saying. that's what I'm saying. I mean, I mean, he his time in Chapel Hill is probably done. It didn't go the way he wanted wanted it to this year. But if he wanted to go somewhere yes, else, Virginia, he, uh, you did notice the Virginia stuff as you were coming in, right? Of course, always, always. <laughs> but my point is, is he could go. Yeah, he could go to any school and make three or four million dollars as a college quarterback. That's not going to get on on. On a rookie contract, he's not going to get that. He's making more than Bryce Young gets, and he was the number one draft pick. But then the risk becomes, so let's say he does transfer to another school. You know, he only has, what, two years of eligibility left. If he gets hurt either of those two years, there's less chance for him to make that money he would in the NFL now. So there's a risk-reward. You know, you can go make this money. Look, Look, I'm a poor white boy from Kenton, North Carolina. Let me explain something to you on a real note. If I can make five million, $4 million a year playing college football, I'm going to have an insurance policy against me if something happens, 
And that $4 million I would never touch because no kid needs $4 million on a college campus, number one. That money should be put somewhere, invested for his future. $4 million is generational wealth for a lot of people. Right. I agree. Don't, yeah. don't discount it's only single digits of millions of dollars. But that perspective comes with you, what, now, in your 40s? True. Yeah. True. You know, as a 19, 20, 21-year-old, I get $4 million in my pocket. Even me, you know, I, I like to think I make good decisions, yeah. but I'm going to get a car, <laughs> yeah. you know? I'm going to spend some money on some jewelry, you know. Yep, yep. So, you know, that perspective I, comes with I, age. I understand. You know, and I don't, you know, it depends on the people you have in your ear, you know. It depends True. on your support system, you know. If your support system doesn't know to invest that money, you know, put it towards your future, you're going to spend it. Tell you You've got to be the most mature 19 I'm going to tell you what, yo, man. My life. Seriously, Nick, <laughs> I'm going to tell you joking. what, yo, man. You put, you give me $4 million and I'll show you how to live off of it for the rest <laughs> of your life. <laughs> I promise. I love it. Uh, hey, listen, uh, let's thank uh, UNC Lenore Healthcare real quick. They are the title sponsor of, or they're the exclusive sponsor of the big interview every day here on the Brian Hanks Show. With the medical staff, more than 100 physicians, UNC Lenore uh, Healthcare right. uh, offers a range of specialty services and technology you would only expect to find at hospitals in larger cities. Visit UNC Lenore Healthcare at 100 Airport Road right here in Kinston for all your healthcare needs. Or call them at 252-522-7000. You can also email them at info at Lenore.org or visit their comprehensive website at UNC Lenore.org. He's, he sells all these ads, so when he's in here, i got to make sure I get all the ads in, okay? I know. I used to sell to Mr. Harvey. <laughs> there you go. Hey, uh, <laughs> let's get back to our big interview brought to you by UNC Lenore Healthcare. It's Nicholas Harvey the third. Nick, Nick to his friends and everybody else. I do want to – just one more question about you uh, getting away or, or leaving the uh, Carolina football program. How tough was that call to your dad when you had made that decision Oof. that I'm going to do it? How tough to your mom, to your dad? To the football team, to your teammates at Carolina, what was that? Take us through that. All of my family, they've always been supportive of whatever decision I make. They ultimately <laughs> led the decision up to me. Um, but it was tough, you know, get, yeah. telling them that I was going to give off a lifelong dream of mine, you know. Did you get emotional at all? or I did, you know. Cause, I mean, it was, it was a tough decision. You know, I felt like I was making uh, the right decision. I still feel that way now, looking back on it, you know. Um, there, there are certain aspects of it that I miss, you know. Miss being in the locker room, you know, miss running out the tunnel. There are aspects of it I don't miss, you know. I have a lot more time, focus on my academics. You yeah, know? we got to see the, the basketball game the other night. We sure didn't get to do <laughs> yeah, that a right, year ago, you know. Right. You know, come home, spend time with family, yeah. you know. So, um, ultimately, I think I made the right decision. I'm still close with a lot of my teammates, but also a lot of my teammates from when I was there have, have gone, have transferred. Yeah, that's crazy. So, uh, over 50% of the class that I came in with, transferred so let me let me ask you this you're still a young man you're 19 you made some you made some tough life decisions already in your in, in your two years there you know let's don't look 10 years out let's look five years out right. when one dream fades away another one opens like what's next um like what does nick want to do law school law school come take over a, a certain practice here in Kenton, North Carolina. Which which one would that be? I don't know. <laughs> but not <Mint's> law firm. <laughs> Dolph Mint. Um so that's so fun. I mean that's is it, good. Is it gonna be law school at Carolina? You gonna we'll see, you know. I still have another year, you know, to prepare for all that, prepare for the LSAT, prepare to apply to law school. So, you know, no dis- no decision is set in stone, you know, as I keep growing, as I keep maturing, you know, things will 
keep maturing. I don't know how you can do that, but dude, I'm 54. He's 44. Yeah. You're more mature than us. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> it's what it is. Hey, tell me about the this balancing act. And I've asked you this before, but that balancing act when you were playing football of having to balance academics, which you do at a obviously a very very high level. And then athletics too. It really was. That's a pretty. You do feel like you're standing on a on a straight wire, don't you? It's tough. You know, we would get up at six a.m. for practice and in around ten and have class from eleven to three. You know, and then go back for lifts. Come on, nobody. You might have had class from eleven to three, but (laughs) nobody's believing everybody else did. (laughs) I know they weren't taking classes on Duke basketball team. I know. Look, and you see what he's got on there, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, it, it's a job, you know, 12, 10, 12-hour 12 days, you know, and then getting to sleep, you know. If you want to have a social life, you got to sleep around midnight and then had to get right back up at 6 to do it again. Wow. So, you know, it takes a special human being to be a student athlete in any capacity, even in high school, you know. Yeah. Your days are filled, your nights are filled. But that's something you prided yourself on, though. It, it was, I mean, and yes. I, again – Jason, I've had the honor, and I, w- I can know I'm speaking for you when I say this, to watch you grow up from, right. I mean, a, a little tiny child to what you are right now. Right. But that was something you always prided yourself on. You put, and I've said this about you a hundred times, you put the student and student athlete. You took a lot of pride in that, didn't you? Um, even when I was here at Kenston High School, you know, my proudest moment here, yeah, I loved all my football accomplishments. You know, I loved beating North and North for four years in a row. But <laughs> Do you notice that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but my proudest moment was graduating valedictorian you know like that's that's what i'm most proud of that's the trophy that sits on my dad's desk nothing to do with athletics nothing wow. to do with football it was me graduating valedictorian so always proud of myself in that yep. dude that is so awesome uh i'm gonna switch over we've only got like uh three more minutes yeah dude. let's get it yeah but i did want to ask you just you've seen it firsthand right. the nil the transfer portal and all that is it hurting Helping or is it just neutral towards uh, college football? Uh, I'm I'm neutral in a sense of my opinion towards it because yes, these student athletes deserve to be paid. Yes, they do. But it has turned into such a business, and you see that mostly with the the new conference realignment. You know, the USC's and UCLA's going to play in the Big Ten, which makes you know, no sense to me. What I think should be done is your major money sports, football and basketball, should be separate because, in my opinion, there's no reason. Uh, your softball teams have to go play a Wednesday Thursday series from UCLA to Rutgers God. on a Wednesday and Thursday or night. Or even in your case at Carolina with right. Cal and Stanford coming right. in. You know, you know, there's no there's no reason your softball team or your tennis team of, of that nature should have to fly five hours across the country on a Wednesday or Thursday night and then expect it to be in class that Friday. So your major money sports should definitely be separate from everything else. They play who they want. They play on the weekends anyway. But um, it is now affecting every everybody, everyone, you know. But like I say, yeah, Carolina's getting ready to have to go to Stanford for a track meet. Right. In the middle of the week. That, like, that's my thing. Football is okay. They play on Saturdays. You have that Sunday to travel. But your track, softball, baseball. Lacrosse. Lacrosse. Yeah. They play – Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night. See, but isn't isn't the real issue though that the NCAA has failed every student athlete? Because don't they, ask me that. Ask the young man sitting right because here. Because my my opinion is if if you're going to be the 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 judge, the jury, and the executioner, then have some. Well, I can't say it on radio. Have some 
Intestinal and, fortitude. And and say to the conferences, no, your conference will be regionalized. You will be permitted to play X number of cross country or whatever and have pods of, of these teams. And the NC, in my opinion, if they were smart enough and had the leadership, all the money goes to the NCAA and then it should be dispersed. But, Nick, Nick isn't that what you were saying, though, about separating maybe – Football right. and basketball. I think you just – what Jason just kind of described, that's what you were alluding but that, to. But the thing is that doesn't make the NCAA money. Yeah. You know, same reason that Alabama made the playoff and Florida State didn't. That's not going to make money. <laughs> now, that one hurts my soul. But, dude. you know, when you think about it, what can the NCAA do? Because I don't think you can regulate how much student athletes make. You know, that that's wrong. Then yeah. why pay them at all? Yeah. But the NCAA gave the conferences the power. And and what they did by that was they let the they let the conferences dictate their TV deals, but and now the money goes to the conferences and also NIL. So now your big market teams, your USC's, your UCLA's, your Texas A and M, um, Texas, those alumni there's there's some deep pockets in Texas, you know. So those alumni are going to support their institutions. They're going to get the money for the best recruits. So now yes, your USC they want to play Michigan, you know. You're, well, that's yeah. what worries me about ECU, you know, and I pull for right. ECU. I mean, I'm a UNC Charlotte grad, okay, right. but that's what worries me about I'm invested in ECU. I want to see right. ECU do well, but they're never going to be able to compete with, like you said, the Texas schools right. or even right here in this state, the Chapel Hills or the NC States or right. whoever. If Vince anyway. McMahon gives money. Harold or Varner, Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast, Harold Varner, and Sandra Bullock give money, ECU will be just fine. They would be. Vince McMahon just sold WWE for, what, $3 billion? Yeah, he can help out. He can throw some dollars <laughs> over there. Nick, Nick, dude, thank, thank you so you. much, man. This thank was awesome. I appreciate you. Jason, thank you for both hours today. Let's get John and Jonathan in here. Let's play the birthday game. We'll wrap up this edition of the Brian Hanks Show right after that. Today is Thursday, December the 21st in the year of the Lord 2023. It's time to play the birthday game. It's that game we play every day here on the Brian Hanks Show. Man, it's been a fun week. We've got a special guest coming up here in a few moments. Uh that uh man yesterday it's gonna be hard to top yesterday we had jock monday we had uh lind on tuesday and then we had a first time guest to the show yesterday and forrest dawson hard to beat that wasn't it jonathan massey yeah, absolute legend and i uh, mean in spite of who his son is incredible guy dude i laughed as much i mean i see where you get, i really do i see where you get your sense of humor from dude he, he's a funny dude where do you think? You know what? He gave us the answer yesterday and said where he thinks he gets, where you get your sense of humor from. Where do you think you get it from? I don't know. Not very popular in high school, so I would lash at people in a funny way. Not sure why. I can't see you not being popular, though, dude. And I mean that. I mean, with your sense of humor and mm-hmm. your, uh, you know, your odd look. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could, you know, not odd, but I mean, you, 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 you know. Unique. Unique. Thank you. You, you have a unique look. Well, that was a lot of fun yesterday. Uh, Massey, you won yesterday's show uh, three to two. Uh, you now lead eight days to six. And if I'm doing my math right, we've only got one, two, three days left. We've got today, tomorrow, and then we're doing a special wedding edition of the Brian Hanks show on Tuesday, December the 26th. So the birthday game will be wedding themed. Jonathan, you now lead eight to six. John Dawson, that means if you want to win, you have to win every day the rest of the way, uh, today, tomorrow, and Tuesday. Okay. Do you want it? Not particularly. Okay. Well, you've won the last two months in a row. I thought you've never won three months in a row. That would be unique. It would be for you to win uh, the birthday game three months in a row. I'd like to see you do it. You know what? It's something we've been remiss to talk about. It happened uh, over the weekend and just – 
broke our hearts on different levels. I didn't. I've never watched Homicide, Life on the Street, but I'm a huge Brooklyn Nine Nine fan, and just think the world of Andre Brower. Is that Brower? Brower, Andre Brower, uh, who was just hilarious on Brooklyn Nine Nine. I mean, in fact, I mean, yeah, I love Andy Samberg. I love all the other people that are on there, but. That show is not that show without Andre Brower on it. You love, we should say he passed away over the weekend at the age of 61, right? Yeah. Just insanely young. But you loved him on Homicide. My dad and I both, uh, Homicide Life on the Street was another one of those shows where it was, instead of like a TV show every week, it was like a short film every week. You could have taken two of those shows and put them together and put them in a movie theater and it would have outdone any drama that Hollywood put out that week. But it was Barry Levinson. That's the guy who did you know, Rain Man and all these Academy Award winning movies. He was doing a TV show. That's why. Didn't he so do good. West Wing also? No. Well, that was Sor- uh, Aaron uh, yeah. Sorkin. Yeah. Sor- Sorkin. And Homicide was uh, up against, well, it was on the same network as ER, but they would put all the publicity into ER and that like Homicide didn't exist. And I, and I have theories as to why, but I'm not going to go into it here. But it was so much so much better than e- ER was a good TV show. This was beyond a TV show, and it was just amazing. I mean, Hollywood stars begged to get on to that show. And, they, you know, they didn't get paid anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, Robin Williams, the best performance Robin Williams ever gave in his life is after he was a superstar and he went on Homicide and played a guy. His family was in was visiting relatives or something in Baltimore and his wife gets killed during a mugging. So the whole episode faces on him dealing with his kids. And it'll make you want to drive off of a bridge, but it was a really good episode and just it was like that every week. Well tell us about Andre uh Brower's part on that. He he played a uh he was raised in the Jesuit school and he uh, he was uh, at war with God all the time because of the stuff he would say. Now, was he a cop on there, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. And he was at war with God all the time because of his Jesuit upbringing, but put that against what he saw in the job all the time. But uh, he and his partner would interrogate people in this thing called the box, and it was just fascinating. They had one whole episode. It was Andre Brower and his partner, Kyle Secor, um, interrogating a guy for the entire hour, just the three of them for an hour. And it was so good, you wish it went on for four hours. It was wow. great. Great show. Wow. Have you ever watched any of the Brooklyn Nine-Nine? I've seen a couple, and I'm a fan of what I saw. He, and he I always wanted it, he right? always wanted to do comedy because Homicide was very, very heavy. There were moments of uh, comedy on there. And if you look at the little bits of comedy that were on there, it, it looks just like what he was doing on uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, but I don't know yeah. who discovered if that was an Andy Samberg. I'm talking to you now, Jonathan. I don't know if it was an Andy Samberg thing, if it was who it was that uh, just thought bringing him in there as playing this straight laced police chief because that's or, what he was known for on Homicide. But then you just got this. I mean, uh, it, I mean it's probably not as politically. It's probably not as politically correct now as it was then or I'm, I'm not saying that right but he, he was gay mm-hmm. you know in the context of the show but was hilariously gay <laughs> I mean uh, not over the top but I mean but he always had that real strict I wish I could speak the way he speaks but uh, mm-hmm. your thoughts Jonathan on, on, on you you gave us his uh, yeah. uh, homicide you tell us about him on Brooklyn Nine-Nine well I, I just think with, with his character on Brooklyn Nine-Nine and the way he portrayed it was so it was over the top funny in a way that you wouldn't expect. Like um, I, there was an episode where where he and 
he and his husband Kevin were talking about something and he he shook Kevin's hand and Kevin goes Oh, Raymond, public displays of affection. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the the whole episode, the Monty Hall problem. Do you remember that episode? Remind me again. Because I've seen them all. You know the Monty Hall problem, yeah. You have three doors. If the the host opens one door, what's the probability? Should you change your answer? What's the probability? That's the Monty Hall problem. Well, he and Kevin were arguing about it, and they would call each other. uh, He's like, do I need to teach you? Uh, fifth grade statistics and you know they (laughs) would call each other back and forth and uh, Detective Diaz said if you have to believe this I understand it's not that bad it is but um, she's like she's like I know what the problem is you two just need to bone and then he (laughs) he goes berserk he's like Detective Diaz, I am your superior officer. You will not speak to me that way. And then then it's like for the next two minutes. (laughs) Bone! And it's just back and forth. And um, and then the next day he comes in and uh, uh, another female detective there is like, uh, Captain, I think I figured out a way to to explain the Monty Hall problem. And he's like, no need. And Diaz goes, is it because, yep. So does that mean you guys? Yep. And he, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, so it was really like this straight-laced, monotone detective, but with these little nuggets sprinkled in of just the, the emotion and humor. And uh, it, he did he did that so well that it, there were episodes where it felt like a very serious drama yeah. because of the way he portrayed the character. And then it, he would just tear it down with the one little line. What's a big muscular Terry Crews? Terry Crews. Uh, my favorite Andre Brower part was uh, when they needed to move Diaz's motorcycle. Do you remember that one? Oh, yeah. yeah and uh, Terry Crews says, uh, <laughs> you know, something like, God, I Those wish Those things could... are death traps. Yeah, they're death traps. I'm I've not got... trying to make my daughters orphans. Yeah, something like that. And then Andre Brower goes, uh, are you trying to use your uh Judeo, Judeo Christian, you know, whatever of, uh, you know, being a father because I, you know, whatever. And then Terry Crews goes, are you using your, you know, you being gay as an excuse not to, you know, do whatever? And he goes, what did he, he snaps yes, his, queen. Yeah, he snaps his finger and, and it, in that monotone way, snap, snap. Yes, queen. <laughs> but the way I'm not giving it any justice. It was so funny the way he did it. His, his character on Homicide at one point, he's interrogating a guy. And he gets so into it, he has a stroke. And it's the, it was the scariest thing I'd ever seen on television. It was a very realistic portrayal of someone having a stroke. And it shows him having to work his way back. He had to kind of learn how to talk again. And it shows him one day at the, at the range. They won't let him get back on the street till he can pass the test. And he has to throw away his medication and able to be steady. And it's wow. really good stuff. Yesterday, we had Forrest Dawson, the father of uh, our own John Dawson over there. And here is our surprise guest for today's show. Uh, say hello, surprise guest, and see if they can figure out who this is. Hello, Brian. <laughs> hello, John. Hello, Jonathan. No guesses? Tell us a little bit about yourself, surprise guest. Uh, I'm old. Oh, it's Older than you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all you had to say was you were old and Jonathan. I don't know what that says about you, Spence, that uh, you said I'm old and Jonathan goes, oh, it's Keith Spence. Wow. Well, yeah, everybody knows it. 
Well, dude, we are doing this week. It's Christmas week. We're not going to do this all the time, but I just thought it'd be neat this week to have some special people here. And I got to tell you, uh, I mean, I've got uh, two of my best friends in the world that I get to do this birthday game with every day. And then I've got another one of my my great friends, uh, one of my best friends on this planet on the line with us right now and Keith Spence. And uh, I just wanted to just... uh, just wish you Merry Christmas and uh, just just talk chat with you for a little bit. I mean, the bad thing is <laughs> with the way we do the show here from 7 to 9 every morning, and as we say, oh, by the way, how about this? Keith Spence is joining us on the Spence Automotive Guest Line. How cool is that? Oh, my. <laughs> it, it feels like yeah, world. I like that, too. It does. <laughs> it feels like the worlds are colliding here a little bit. But the neat thing about you, Spence, or it, it's neat in one way. I just need to do the show live from there again because that way you can come on. But with you opening at 730 every morning, it's just tough to get you here on the show, dude. I know, dude. Some of us have to work for a living. You know how that is. Hey. I knew that was coming. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I work hard every morning to bring entertainment. Do what you is? take a nap after 9 o'clock? Yes, I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pretty much every day I take a nap. I, I, and I'm not going to apologize for that, Jonathan Massey. You're not going to make me feel guilty. Whether he's driving or not. <laughs> Whether I'm driving or not. Keith Spence, tell us, you know what? I know I did the show live from... Uh, <laughs> from uh spence automotive one day but for folks i mean for folks who maybe don't know you that well tell introduce us tell us a little bit about keith spence well i've been in kinston just about all my life um moved here when i was six years old which was many years ago so we're not going to uh discuss that but um you know, I own a business in town, Spence Automotive, which I believe sponsors this phone call. It does. And, uh, <laughs> and um, you know, was a sports writer in town and still dabble at it occasionally, but not like I used to. Kind of kind of aging out of things, Brian. Eh, that's what I was going to oh, – I guess you sort of segued into a question I was going to ask you. Just how long do you see yourself continuing to do this? I mean, it's just crazy the way media has changed. Because you first wrote for the Free Press, what, in the late 70s, right? Correct. The way you have seen media change from where newspaper was absolute king, even I was part of that in the uh, – it really was in the uh, early 90s to mid-90s before the Internet took over. I mean, the the newspaper was king, and then it went to the Internet. And now it's even in video, vlogs, and I don't even know if I would say blogs anymore. But just uh, the way it has really changed through the years, it's been it's been crazy, hasn't it? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I've, we've, you, you and I both have, have seen it change dramatically, drastically, and uh, you know, newspapers are they're still around, but they're certainly not the media of choice anymore. Um, it, it's, uh, you know, I'm at my age. It's kind of, uh, I've, 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 uh, it's, it's outgrowing me. I guess I could, sh- I guess I should say. Uh, uh, do you see yourself outgrowing Brian Hanks? <laughs> hey, wait, what? It's okay, uh, Keith. Answer it. Uh, no. Uh, I think Brian and I probably have the same uh, maturity level. <laughs> and we'll just leave it at that. I tell you what, have I ever told y'all the, the first time I met Keith Spence? Have I told y'all this story? No. 
Okay, you might have to cut a little bit of this, okay? But I, but it's awesome, okay? Spence, you, you don't mind if I cut a lot of it? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to give him the I'm going to give him the PG version. It's probably not going to be G all the way, but it's going to be PG. At, this is when Keith way. was still dancing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How did you know about that? That's way before your time. Oh, he keeps the newspaper clippings up at the shop. <laughs> okay, very good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, – so I get to Kinston in uh, October mm-hmm. 2002. Okay, John? Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to keep this as just as, as, as clean as possible here. And I don't even think – you know what, Spence, more I think about it, I don't think it's that bad. Do I'll you? tell it, man. Oh, okay, okay. Anyway, so uh, Drew Loftus was one who brought me here. Yes. And he had told me before I even got here, and Spence, you should take this as a to- total compliment. He had told me that, listen, I have a stringer here who's a better writer than I am. And Drew Loftus said that about you, okay, dude? Spence? Well, that was nice of Drew. Uh, it was very nice of him, but he was like, listen, I've got a guy, you've got the best, you know, you're coming in in a good situation. At that time, we had two beat writers, and we had Spence, who was a, a stringer, and with me writing, we essentially had four sports writers for the paper. So anyway, Drew had told me, you know, listen, you're really going to like this guy. He's down to earth. So uh, y'all remember uh, where ECW is now? It used to be called Hams. Yeah. Okay. So we go to Ham's, and uh, we meet Spence there, me and Drew, and we're sitting there at the corner of the bar, okay? Like, uh, after you go in yeah. and, you know, the corner of the bar down there, I'm sitting on one side, Spence sitting on the other. I don't even remember where Drew was sitting, uh, Spence, but I think he was on – he's definitely on one side or the other of us. So, uh, you know, we shake hands. He's like, hi, I'm Keith Spence. I'm like, you know, I have Brian Hanks and a uh, little bit of chatter. And then, I mean, I, I wait till about two or three minutes into it, and I look over at him, and I go uh, – now, uh, I didn't call him Spence at the time. I was like uh, – Keith, uh, I just want to make sure that you're comfortable with this. And I just want to make sure that uh, you're good with this, you know, because if you're not, then uh, we need, you know, then uh, I don't want you to feel like you uh, feel like you have to work for me. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, here's what's funny, though, John. So Spence looks at me and I mean, in just a a straight face, he goes, oh, no, that's fine. I'm good with that. Dude, I let that just hang out like a little cloud over the top of us. We small talked again for another two or three minutes and uh, and then i look over i'm like dude i'm not and, and what did you say spence didn't believe you no. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny he's like oh my gosh okay well that i, I would have been and, cool and if you been, were or whatever so. and you've been trying to deny it for 21 years <laughs> i've been trying to deny it for 21 years since then Come on, John. That's funny. Well, at least we got Keith on for the very last show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go. maybe it may be the very last show. <laughs> there you go. Well, Keith, I love you, man. I really do. I, with us doing this this week, I wanted to get people on that uh, mean a lot to me, that mean a lot to the three of us in here. Thank you for joining us here, man, on the show this morning, okay? Oh, man, that's awesome. I appreciate it. And uh, Merry Christmas to everybody and happy holidays. And uh Brian, I'll see you on the 30th. You will see me on the 30th, my friend. You guys know what he's talking about, right? Yeah, we sent him, but he's trying to help Linda out of it also. Oh, hey, wait, what? (laughs) He really is, though. So, yeah, yeah, there you go. Spence, thanks a lot, buddy. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Come on now. That was funny. That wasn't funny. (laughs) Arable is the question. (laughs) Why wouldn't that be arable? (laughs) Times have changed since 1896. (laughs) 
I think it's hilarious. It's okay. I didn't say it wasn't hilarious. Oh, I'm just you know wondering how. It, it, roughly 10% of the audience might feel about it. Uh, yeah. They'll be fine with it. I, you know what? I'll call I'll call a couple of my gay friends and ask them, Jonathan, what do you think? Is it all right? <laughs> See? Huh? <laughs> and that's all the time we have for today, I think. <laughs> no, we're good. We're good. No, we're, we're good. not. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, come on. That wasn't funny right uh, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Arable is the question. There you go. Jonathan Massey, you won yesterday's birthday game. Why don't you tell us a little bit about our title sponsor of the birthday game? Uh, our title sponsor of the birthday game, of course, is Jock Pass Leg and GoEco Technology Service Provider. Uh, great company. And, uh, <laughs> you know, what, what can you say about those folks? They, they've done a, a world of good for our community uh, trying to bring up other businesses to the 22nd century and if you want to see if they can do something to bring your business up you need to give jock a call at 252-252-286-286-53-53-54 or visit their websites at goeconc.com what is goeco.com or bucklesberry.com i like it i like it a lot dramatic pause so i had never (laughs) told you guys that story before and I, I, I don't think we keep, should reference it anymore. <laughs> okay. Well, I thought I had. Maybe I, I guess I had. It's all good. Okay. Why don't we jump into today's birthday games? We're now exactly 20 minutes into it, okay? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hey, our very first one, let's see. Uh, Jonathan Massey, you get to go first. In my opinion, he was the he was the the, uh, the Moses, as you were. He was the, uh, the first person. He was the Adam. Of uh, who is it? Of talk shows, of uh, of especially Radio or television, television talk shows. Steve Allen. Okay, no, uh, of uh, junk TV talk shows. Junk TV. You know, like uh, where people would throw cha- chairs at each other and everything. Geraldo Rivera. Jerry Springer. Uh, no, no, a little bit before that. Mari Povich. A lot of white hair. Donahue wasn't trash TV. Oh, I thought it was. Uh, oh, I, you tell I never really watched it. I just assumed he was. Just made it up something. <laughs> Phil Donahue. Today is his birthday. Phil Donahue had, was Oprah before Oprah. Well, I thought her show was kind of trashy. Well, but for like the again, first six months, but then she got popular and then she could book what she wanted. Okay. But Donahue never had trashy guests on? I thought Not, he did. No, he never resulted to maternity, maternity tests and throwing furniture. Yeah. Yeah, those were... I used to love Phil Hartman doing his impression of him. Yeah. Caller, you have the line. You know. Yeah. He was very good. Phil Donahue. You know who we're talking about. No clue. You don't know who Phil Donahue is. He was is. a white-haired guy. He he used to have a talk show. He used to be Oprah in the afternoon, and then Oprah took over and ran him out of business. Yeah. And the show the name of the show was Donahue. Ultra-liberal, married yeah. to Marlo Thomas. She does all the St. Jude's commercials. That's a, anyway. And back in the day, she was definitely girl-worthy. Girl. Yeah. Definitely she was that girl. Need a... She was your type, Marlo Thomas. So was she on a show called That Girl? I believe she was. Yeah. Yes, she was. Danny Thomas's daughter. Yep. So, uh, Phil Donahue, Jonathan Massey, how old is he today? 80. You say 80. What do you say, uh, John Dawson? 81. Could have kept going. He was born December 21st, 1935. He's 88 today, and I even double-checked to make sure he was still alive. I didn't want a uh, – well, I didn't want a uh, – what was the thing? John, John Denver. Denver situation here. Yeah, that would be a shame, wouldn't it? It would absolutely be a shame. But you get that first one there. Uh, next one. He was a star of Young Guns. He also uh, was uh, the Kiefer star Sutherland. of – Sutherland. 
of 24 that was on TV. I always liked him. I thought he, I think he's still a pretty good actor. I think his actor. dad's a better actor, but I do like him. Yeah. I, very sincere. His That's dad was the original Hawkeye in the movie version of MASH. Yes, he was. Yep. He was also uh, the Mr. X and JFK, if you ever saw JFK. That was a great scene. It was a great scene. It was made up, but it was a great scene. No, really, even no, Oliver. I know it was made even up. Even Oliver yeah. Stone said that part was made up to just to get a lot of information in. Well, and he used it as a conglomeration yeah. of uh, allegedly real people that he combined into one person. And that's who Donald Sutherland was. In J- Did right. you ever see JFK? No. Oh, you need to, dude. I've been listening. Carl Reiner has a new. Um, I want to listen to it. Is I'm it up, good? I'm up to episode three. It's fantastic. Nags head Lee Harvey Oswald went to Nags head for some training before he went to Russia. What? You, you got to stop doing that. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, Nags head is in there, like episode three. <coughs> well, wow. Okay. Well, I cannot wait, man. I, I've you know I've only got five other uh, I mean, I podcasts that I listen to, but I want to listen. I've that's heard good that, things about that's it. That's one you and Linda might enjoy. So if Linda is in the car with you and don't want to hear about you know, guess what? That's one you would both enjoy. There you go. In nine days from today, we'll be driving up to Baltimore, Maryland to sail out of the the port of Baltimore to go on a cruise. So I will I will put that aside. I think she likes that kind of stuff too. Wow. So they're very good. Uh, you know Kiefer's, what she'd like more? Not be being in the car with else. You. Yep, that's what. Mm. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland, John Dawson, sixty-three. You say sixty-three? What about you over there, Mizzle? Sixty-two. He was born December 21st, 1966. He's only 57. Eh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. So you, so you say. Well, that's what Wikipedia says. Oh, they're never okay. wrong. Uh, it's tied one-to-one. Uh, I want you to do your well, – we've got two coming up that we all can do impressions of, okay? <laughs> this next one here is awesome. Uh, I don't even know how to introduce him. He was on uh, – he had his own uh, – uh, sitcom Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh, you are a huge, huge fan of it. Yeah. Introduce us to uh, Ray Romano. <laughs> Deborah. <laughs> Deborah. Can you do Ray Romano? No, I can't. Well, today is his birthday. How old is he today over there, Jonathan Massey? Soon to star as Jim Valvano in a movie. You told me that. You told me that. I'm looking forward to that. 61. You say 61. Okay, Ray, how old are you today? Uh, 62, Brian. <laughs> you were born December 21st, uh, 1957. You're 66 today. Okay. So uh, you lead two to one now. Uh, John Dawson, i.e. Ray Romano. This is the next one. Everybody, and I promise you this, everybody has an impression of this next actor uh, who has whose film career has spanned many decades and is amazing. I've just got Samuel L. Jackson. Today is Samuel <laughs> Wasn't L. your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> That's not where I thought you would go with an impression. What about you over there, John Dahl, or Jonathan Massey? I would I would do the Dave Chappelle impression. Which is? Haven't you seen my movies? Deep Blue Sea. I got ate by a mother shark. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Samuel Jackson, Mm-mm. it's beer. <laughs> <laughs> It'll get you drunk. That's what he said. It'll get you drunk. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson, John Dawson, how old is he today? 74. You say 74. What do you say, Jonathan Massey? 75. And you are right on it. He was born uh, December 21st, 1948. He is indeed 75 years old today. And guess what? It's tied up two to two again. Man, we've had a lot of two-to-two games here. Uh, oh, this is a musical hint. Our only musical hint of the of the show today. 
da, 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 da. Somebody give me another uh, Samuel L. Jackson while I look this up here. That is a tasty burger. That's not bad. Okay, here we go. Sounds nothing like him. It's just one of his lines. I don't really know his music. So I'm going to play a song, and then you tell me what I should play, okay? Okay. Because you do. You're a fan. Just give me the name, and I'll yeah. give you the song. Is this Frank Zappa? How do you know it's Frank Zappa? This is uh, Don't Eat the Yellow Snow. Play Peaches and Regalia. I know that's near the top. Yeah, it is. You know Frank Zappa, right? I know Frank Zappa from the posters in John's office. Okay. You're a big fan. I mean, obviously, you're yes. a huge fan. Yes, yes. Frank Zappa. So he better get this one right because you probably know how old he is, right? I think I know what year he was born. Very good. Uh, now, he's dead. He died in 1993. Indeed, he did. He died in 1993. You better get this one right on the nose over there, Jonathan Massey. How old today is, would Frank Zappa be if he had to die 30 years ago? 81. You say 81. John Dawson, how old today is Frank Zappa? I don't want to say that. Okay. He's doing math stuff over there. What did you say? 81. He's not 81. He is not 81. Because I could have swore he was born in 1942. Wikipedia says he was born a different year. <coughs> Hold on a second. Let me do some more math. <laughs> Just say I'm not I think there. I know how old he was when he, he sounded died. Like, he sounded like, uh... Hey, John. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John. When you quit calling my name, I can get back to my math. All right. Hey, boy. <laughs> he just called you boy. Eighty-two, Brian. He was born December twenty-first in the year of our Lord, nineteen forty. So he's eighty-three today, John Dawson. Mm. Uh, congratulations! Uh, you, you want me to keep this playing or pop it down? <laughs> you can let that play because it's instrumental. Okay, very good. Uh, he uh, he's eighty-three. He would be eighty-three today. What did he die of? Cancer. He had, uh, but it was kind of his fault. His his main diet, well, don't pot him down. Had to listen to Motley Crue wide. You turn that back up. Come on. I did. I really did. All right, now move your hand. <laughs> God. Had to listen to Miley Cyrus and uh, Taylor Swift in here. Uh, his main diet was cigarettes and coffee. Okay. And he, he was in some interview one time, and he said, I consider cigarettes a vegetable. Wow. He was a workaholic. He would work 18, 20 hours a day, seven days a week, and wow. had an intestinal blockage and kind of didn't go along with what the doctor said, and there you go. Well, there you go. Uh, you win today. You stay alive. It's now eight days to seven, only two birthday game days left. Wouldn't it be awesome if the last one of the year came down to the final day? That means you need to win tomorrow, okay, John Dawson? If I feel like it. <laughs> there you go. Hey, some local birthdays today. Happy birthday to Jess Edwards, a super, super good dude. Owns uh, Kinston Realty downtown, a super good dude. And then Mir Mir Moore, a former uh, Parrot Academy former. I got to turn that down a little bit, okay? I can't hear myself. 
How are you able to do it over that crap you play loud? I, I don't know, but this is, it's hurting my ears. It's actual actually, music is so foreign to you. It might be. It very well might be. But uh, happy birthday to Mir Mir Moore also uh, plays for uh, University of Mount Olive, was a Parrot Academy uh, basketball player in Kinston. I believe he's being redshirted by the uh, Trojans this year. Listen, uh, have a great day. If today's your birthday, like Mir Mir and Jess and uh, Samuel L. Jackson. What's in your wallet? <laughs> you go. I've gotten. Look at the big brain on Brett. Ah, there you go. I like it. Uh, Brad. And ha- Brad. Uh, have a great. No, we, didn't we go through this? Brad. But there are different arguments. The for script both says of them. Brett, but in the movie he says Brad. Well, there you go. Hey, have a great birthday. We'll see you tomorrow on the birthday game presented by Goeco Office or uh, Goeco Technology Service Provider. Zuh. Zuh. No, 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 Zuh. Zuh. Is that Frank Zappa? Yeah. Okay. Joe's Garage. And there you go. Uh, Listen, uh, fun show today, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much to uh, my boy, Jason Bryant, man. Just one of the great guys out there. Appreciate him coming in and doing both hours today. And then to uh, Nicholas Harvey, the third Nick Nick. We really could have had him in here for both hours, too. I got a lot of stuff that I didn't get to with him. So hopefully uh, we can uh, do that next time he visits. Listen, tomorrow is Friday. TGIF with IP. We'll have Paul Whittington first hour. We're going to have Jeremy Dixon uh, with TGIF with IP also tomorrow, too. And that's how we will wrap up the week. Only uh, four days to Christmas. Make sure you get your shopping done. We'll see you tomorrow on the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College.